crazy, disruptive, explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Wreak Havoc Podcast. Yes, real stories is. from the new studio. From the... What is this called? I don't know. We, we're, we're open for sponsorship. If anyone wants to step up and sponsor, we'll, we'll but like, call what's it, it whatever studio Like, we what's want. it called, though? If you were going to order one of these, what would you be like? Hey, Jimmy, I need a... Oh, this is a 9x45 shipping container. A shipping container. Yeah. It's a 9x45 shipping container. It's I feel like a high, drug They call it a high boy <laughs> shipping container because it's got, instead of eight foot ceilings, it's got nine foot ceilings. Oh. Big. That is big fancy. Time. I didn't realize they were nine foot ceilings. Yeah, big time. Feels it makes me feel short. So we are gonna put we we got some finishing touches done. We got our chairs finally got ordered. They're back ordered because I like the chairs. They're the coming. chairs had COVID, so <laughs> they did. We couldn't couldn't get here. Yeah, so well, they're fully vaccinated. They're two, vaccinated now. Two shot chairs. So they finally got here after <gasps> years of waiting. Two shot shipping and, uh, container. Yeah. So now we have our chairs. It looks good. All we're missing is some talent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I brought talent. Oh, tonight. Yeah, I thought you were me. I you. reached out and I got talent uh, tonight. Thank uh, God. Speaking of, we had this. Our listeners are gonna love this because, by the way, our listeners love your mom. She's a bigger hit than we are. We actually had to bring her on because more and more as a co-host because everyone when she would talk off mic, they'd say uh, put her on the mic. She's smarter than she's both way of you smarter guys. than both of us. So we actually have added together. <laughs> yeah. So she's out of town, so we brought in the mini girl boss. Listen to that crowd. Yeah. yeah. Miss Whitney Bonnet. That's a sound effect. It's not a real crowd, just so you know that. Darn, mm. I wish it was a real crowd. I know. Some I people get confused. Special. They're like, where'd that come from? Is there people outside? No. <laughs> we imported her from North Dakota, from Minot, North Dakota. Don't go there. We first exported her. Well, I guess I guess your husband exported you. Yes. And then and the military exported you. And then we're importing you back just wow to to do this podcast. You're in high demand. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm a busy lady. But while you're here for the podcast, you're also doing some work that we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, anyways, wanted to welcome you to the Wreak Havoc podcast. This is kind of cool. It's the first time we've had that. Uh, you're now our youngest. Uh, new, is it a new record? A new record. Wow. Youngest. This uh, is a very inclusive podcast. But not, not, I got to be careful how I said that. <laughs> I almost said, but not the least accomplished. Because then that would mean somebody else that we've had on would be less accomplished. And it would, they'd have Does to. Does that include or exclude they'd, us? They'd have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but, I'll give uh, you, a, we'll send you a brand new Wreak Havoc crayon kit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we, uh. I've been wanting to have, you know, we love showing different aspects of, of what it is. We've had a few young guests on here, but I love when I see somebody that's got something totally different. And I know I'm a little biased because now she's officially my stepdaughter. So you're I guess totally biased, but I'm that's a fair. little biased, but yeah. even I've, I've known her before she was my stepdaughter and always been impressed with just your motivation and your drive. And it's so hard to find in a younger person nowadays. So, um, Starting off, you can say hi to everybody and maybe tell us uh, what what you actively do now. What do you currently yeah, give do? Give us a little bio. Name, age, and uh, bio, please. Okay, I'm Whitney Bonnet. I will be 22 this year. Um, I have two dogs and a cat who I love more than anything. I'm married to a man in the Air Force who is a crew chief on the B-52. Oh, yeah. Big planes. Big. <laughs> our big I got planes. to see one. Yeah. I got to speed. Uh, you know, we went up there for Thanksgiving, and I got to, uh, I got to walk tour. around one. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, it's a big plane. Yeah, it is one of the biggest. <laughs> That's cool. I like how she mentioned that she loves her dogs and cat more than anything. <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, my husband. <laughs> and I have a husband. <laughs> oh, and I, I just remembered. I have, who's the other guy? The other? Oh, yeah, yeah, my husband. That's there with the, the one dogs. that houses me. <laughs> He's also a shoe donor. <laughs> Steal his shoes. Yeah, no, yeah, we're not. the same size shoes, so he steals my shoes all the time. But I also mm. steal his, so right. balance. As she sits here wearing her mom's that's, shoes. Yeah, yeah I steal everyone's shoes. <laughs> I'm the same size shoe as everyone. So, so our yeah, so our listeners know the girl boss is here in shoes. She's she's oh. her shoes are here, so she's kind of like shoes that were loaned by my mother. Yeah, that so. she didn't really consent to, but I did anyways. <laughs> that's she what, knows now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what being a kid is: is you just get to steal your parents' stuff. 
Yeah. My closet's pretty thin these days. I bet. Yeah. I've had all three of my kids be wearing one of my shirts. My favorite store is the Heather's Closet. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no idea I was so cool. Yeah. They're like, Dad, retro's in. Mm-hmm. I try to stay fatter and shorter than my son, so that way he he can't borrow. He just stuff. can't borrow my stuff. I am also fatter and shorter than your son. <laughs> and so it just keeps quite a bit clothes, smaller. Keeps my clothes pretty safe. That's so. smart. I like that. I like yeah. that strategy. Yeah. No, I go. This is we talked about this a little earlier, uh, but it was interesting to me. What we want to talk about here is we we talk about you see kids who come in and they are you know young adults. I say kids because there are kids, but I guess you guys are young adults. You come in and you've got that idea of like we see some who take success in their family and mm-hmm. turn it into a free ticket and they don't do anything really. They just kind of hang out and ride the ride. And then mm-hmm. you see some that really kind of pick it up and go with it. You are even kind of neither of those in so, or <laughs> all of them in some ways because you go back and I mean just talking with your mom and, and before I ever even got to meet you was – You've been doing this a long time. Do you, can you think, just think in your head, and I didn't even prep you for this, but what we, what do you think is the first, like, businessy entrepreneur thing you did? Like, do you, when you're a kid, you think of anything? Hmm. Sell some I used to erasers? paint rocks and sell them. Hey, I like that. Like, like bugs. How old were you, you think, when you did that? Little turtle bug. Things? It was when we lived in our house that had a pond, because I would go down to the pond and I'd grab the rocks and I'd go paint them. So it was probably eight. <laughs> I like that. So that gets into the argument. We also, like, is a nature nurture kind of thing. That sounds like a pretty nature thing, right? So that that is the topic. I mean, it really is. Is it nature nurture? Where's the drive come from? Can you teach it? Is it hard hardwired? Honestly, I wa- I just watched my parents and I saw. Okay, from what I've been told, obviously I don't remember before when we didn't have things as easy as we do now. But I've always been told that you can't just be given things. You have to work for these things. And I really had to do that. They really held me to it. I always had to do things. I never really had things directly handed to me. Like, for example, my first car. I had to go get a job at 13, go away for the summer, away from all my friends, wake up at 5 a.m. every day and feed 30-plus dogs, take care of all of them, clean their kennels, do everything completely right because my the person I worked for was a complete perfectionist. If it wasn't done her way... It was completely wrong. So I got taught very, very quickly that you need to adapt to where you are and adapt to the person that you work for. Mm -hmm. And you just, you just got to, you have to do what you got to do. Be easy to manage. I tell people that all Mm -hmm. the time. Be easy to manage. And you got to, you got to rise to the occasion. You got to rise to the bar. Mm -hmm. And every person I've worked for since then has not been any different. And I think that I think that it has a lot to do with how I work and how I it am. It created a habit. It mm-hmm. creates a habit. And, and you know, I try to teach Gavin that. It's like it's like if you get into a habit of doing that. So that you know, luckily she ingrained started to ingrain that in you at thirteen, to where you're just like, God, this is crazy. You'll start to think in your head probably that hey, this is just the way every job is, right? You're mm-hmm. just expected to perform at a high level if that first job <laughs> yeah. is letting you slack off. Uh, like a lot of people do. I'm there was guilty no of slacking. it with my kids, but yeah, <laughs> you, but that created something in you that there's, you're like, I give her all the credit. This is actually my aunt that I worked for. Yeah. She's a I was dog trainer. Say, there's something to getting outside of the umbrella of the parental thing. Right. So there's, there's definite support there, but at the end of the day, the real world isn't your mom and dad mm-hmm. most of the time. Right. Right. So you going and working for your aunt that you lost a little bit of that insulation of, mm-hmm. well, if I don't do it, and she would. I was in a completely different city. I was three right, hours away. Right. I, d- I couldn't just be like, hey, mom, come pick me up. I don't want to do this anymore. I tried to do that. She said no, and I never had that option, <laughs> and I was stuck. <laughs> well, how many 13-year-olds get that opportunity? I really did start to enjoy it at first. You know, I'm a normal, I was a normal 13-year-old. I was like, I hate this. I don't want to get up so early every day, but I did love the dogs, and I fell in love with taking care and having a responsibility, which now that's why when I come to your house, I love having a responsibility of taking care of the dogs. <laughs> it's, it gives me purpose. I love having something to do. I'm very much so a busybody. Yes. So is my dad. And it's very much the fact of you, you know, she plays into another thing. We talk about doing stuff you love, right? You mm-hmm. love animals. Like mm-hmm. you are an animal person. You, And so when you take something that you, you got, you know, I mean, 
lucky or however it was it ingrained in your that first job as hard as it was it was based around something you love mm-hmm. which is dogs and you're like a dog and 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 you're just an animal person right i mean you were All around. A, Doesn't you want to be like a veterinarian you were mm-hmm. looking at doing veterinary stuff you've worked at a yeah uh, vet tech vet, uh, yeah you're a vet that's tech. why she said yes to this podcast she's like Animals, perfect, perfect. My number one topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Oh, you two are two animals. As, you guys are dumb as monkeys. So Not we're quite as young. smart as a dog, but right. we can work with it. She's like, I can. Yeah. yeah, I can work with these guys a little bit. They pee on the carpet. Little a little bit, problem, just a little bit. We get real, real excited. <laughs> but it was. I mean, it it just shows like amazing what you can do when there's something that you you know, that you combine that hard work with something you love, which is what I try to tell everybody to do because it doesn't feel as much like work. Mm-hmm. Like, you you know, you, you hated the getting up, but you liked working with the dogs. Right? I There's loved a reward. working with the dogs. I loved feeding them. I loved how excited they would be when I would prep their food. And I, <laughs> I don't know what it is about giving a dog their food it is my favorite thing ever. They're Just because they're so they excited. Oh, exactly. they love it. Like Charlie does this little dance. Like I was at the gas station earlier and there was this little dog and it was, it was just walking next to its owner and it was doing like a freaking happy dance and I wanted to cry. <laughs> like I just looked at it and then like a tear just like started to come out. I can't help it. Of the dog or the you? Of, of me. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Oh, if Charlie an, does this three-legged hop. He does it. I call it the three-legged hop. Mm-hmm. Three-legged oh, yeah. Hop. And he that. does like, he sits and spins in circles. You bring his food to him and he, he hops on three legs. Mm-hmm. His legs are only two and a half inches long anyway. But he, <laughs> yeah. he hops on them or Scotty and he'd sit there and he'll, he'll hop and he'll die. Three-legged hop, so dude. He's just so happy. Well, it's just like, you know, Mia, our boxer, the podcast dog, she comes in. She she literally, like, she's just happy, so happy to see oh, yeah. her, right? It's like, that's the Love thing. Her. So you could be having a bad day at work, but those dogs were still just happy as hell to see you. You are day. your dog's life. Did yeah. uh, did you work 100%. with other youngsters, other kids? Um, for my With my aunt? Yeah. No, I was or all just, by myself. Just okay. All by myself. It was all my responsibility to take care of all 30 dogs. Have you ever experienced, so what you bring to the table is just a drive, right? Mm-hmm. But you rub off on other people, right? Leadership is... Oh, yeah. Right? Definitely. It's, it's, it's in action. What have you seen? Because I think you you get kind of a different vantage point from just being how... <laughs> kind of how you're wired. What do you see with some of your friends that have hung out with you where they're like, oh, where it's kind of rubbed off on them a little mm-hmm. bit and they'll have that little bit of that aha moment. What are some of those conversations that you've had with some 20-somethings I have a friend that actually comes and visits me in Idaho. We come and meet in Idaho. And she constantly tells me, like, if I wasn't friends with you, I wouldn't have done this. Right. Like, I've inspired her to do so much stuff. And she's changed so much. Like, she wasn't raised, I wasn't fortunate fortunate to be raised with people that taught her about money, to teach her about credit, to teach her about all these things. So I taught her all that. I helped her, her and her husband buy a truck that got them from North Dakota all the way to Alaska I helped them find a bank to finance their house with, helped them find a realtor. Like I was very fortunate to grow up around those things, but it, she made me realize that not everyone was. And I, yeah. it, it makes me feel very lucky to be able to spread that information and help others. Even It's a pretty interesting <laughs> perspective. And that, I mean, so to have the aware, this is what impre- I'm so telling there's you, there's an awareness, the awareness she has right. that she understands that that's a gift, but she, she knows it's too. connected. So, so as a dad, right, we, we always take this into and twist it into a little pivot of, of kind of the fatherly thing, right? So you're not crazy far ahead of some, of some of my kids and how different each of my kids are. But like my, my boy, he's the tough one right now. And it's interesting because you have the ability to see what it's connected to, right? So doing the school thing, it is what it is. But doing a job, there's a different element to that because it's tied to something that translates way down into the future. So where Logan is frustrated with school and he hates it and he's not doing real well because he doesn't see it. He doesn't see what it connects to. And I'm like, dude, it's not about school. It's about work ethic and Mm -hmm. it's about seizing opportunities being consistent. Yeah, to, to do, figure out the construct of what you're doing and execute on it and then get through it. It's just a level of, think of it as a game. Get mm-hmm. through that level, learn, grow, figure your shit out, and then move to the next level. Your next level is high school, which mm-hmm. now he's going to have to take summer school to get into high school. I'm like, oh. But what's, what's interesting, one friend that is motivated, that gets it, can change his perspective. Oh, yeah. The power of a that friend. pure, yeah. As long as it's not coming from your parents at that age. Yeah. Unfortunately. Good point. That's, That's why I try to tell point. things to Gavin all the time, being yeah. like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. 
because I know he listens Dude, he more. Does. Like, yeah, you well, watch. I, and we talked about this earlier. It's really interesting how our oldest, you know, so Heather's oldest and my oldest, very similar personalities. My youngest, her youngest, very similar personalities. And you and Gavin, just in, in, in weird ways, like you're both forerunner people. Like, mm-hmm. like even you're down We're to your oddly cars, connected. Oddly connected in a lot of these ways. But, like, he does. Like, he, he's, you know, and here's this, you know, six four, two 205-pound football player, 17-year-old football player that gets excited when, you know, his stepsister comes to town, you know, a little, how tall are you? Five. I'm five, two and a half. (laughs) I like that. The half matters when you're short. Sure does. Preach, girl, preach. Uh And she's sitting here just, Basically, she gets right in his face and like basically tells him exactly how it is. And he backs you can't down put this on this because it won't work, Gavin. You have to do this, <laughs> and he listens. But he listens because it is. It's coming from a different place. So mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head as far as it's not the parents, the parents doing it. But like, so here's an interesting perspective too, and or another interesting thing about you. You graduated early, like you were like you were in college. You were taking college classes when you were 17, right? Yeah. So I graduated, and I wasn't. I wasn't even 18. I don't even. I know I graduated for class of 2016, but yeah. I don't. It was December yeah. of 2016. Yeah. I only finished early just because I was bored. Yeah. I wanted to be done, <laughs> and my my advisor told me that if I did this class, which was like two classes extra, I finished early. And she's like, "This is a little hard for most people." I was like, "No, no, no. Let me see. Let oh, me do man. it. <laughs> Let me do it. I want to be done." So I got done, and then I went straight to college. I worked the entire time. Well, I t- we told the story to Jody a little earlier, but like. The, the the fact that your mom talks about literally you're here you are again five foot two and a half and, a half. and, and 17 rolling around boise state university and these guys are coming you know 22 year old dudes are like wait wait what's up and she's like i'm 17 like literally it's like that was her, my favorite line like favorite, oh i'm a minor by the way her line is i'm a minor and they're like whoop see you later bye-bye yeah Ever, that's ever quick, quick that's turn off jail bay? Yeah. yeah you ever ever been to jail good i'm 17 how about <laughs> that like Literally, she just used it as like that was like her superpower. I loved it. I I do not want to be talked to unless it is my idea. (laughs) When it comes to guys, I hate it. But here's another thing. Like, so at that time, too, you got right in there. Were you still at Boy State when you got Moose? Mm -hmm. Yep, I got a dog because my mom. So I really want. I want a Charlie. Year olds are going to go to college at seventeen. Adopt a dog. Live on campus. And then have a dog, and then adopt a, an older dog. Yeah, he was eight when I got him. Eighty-five pound chocolate lab, him, basically. Yeah, yep, like from euthanasia. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Talk about taking on responsibility. Does this ring? It, it, but going back to our listeners that know, does this ring any bells? Does it sound anything like the girl boss mm-hmm. when you're hearing all the things apple she- tree not far from? <laughs> Ever heard that? Like literally, we're talking about like, oh, she, yeah, you know, we and and we you know we your mom's been on here. She came on as a guest, and then she's been on obviously as co-host. Um, and you know, everybody on here knows the story. You know, you know, getting pregnant at an early age, mm-hmm. having to being told you're never going to graduate high school, never going to go to college. You're sure as hell never going to get a master's degree. You're never going to own a business. All these things, right? The and more she, you tell someone that, the more it makes you want to do it, though. Some people. Some people. Not everyone. That just makes me angry. Right. It makes me want to do it yeah. even more. But that, that's you so and your mom. So how do you harness that? A. How do you teach it? I hate B, being doubted. How do you teach it? How do you, because how do you multiply I think, it? I think that that's woven into everybody. I think there's there's elements of like just the human condition that that stuff. There's chips on everybody's shoulder. Yeah, everybody's you just, got a little fuck. You, you just gotta find just like, it. You just mm-hmm. gotta find it. and You gotta leverage it. But that it's amazing though the right message at the right time from the right person. I really looked up to my parents my whole life though, so it it, it was easy to listen. But to But why did you look up to them? Because I you saw everything saw they did. Results. I did, right? and I, I I loved being with them. I'd go to all the houses that they'd buy. I'd see everything. I'd help them. I absolutely loved it. And then my other sister, she she just wouldn't. She wasn't interested, and that's okay. Everyone yeah. has different interests, but I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with going with them and helping them tear out walls, and it was just well, so dude, much fun. It, yeah, your mom's told me stories, and I've seen. I've even seen you work a room at an early age you know, your mom talks about you being in open houses and stuff i almost you know her 2017 house i sold that yeah. <laughs> her like 27 you, parade home yeah. 2017 i sold that house yeah you were just i mean and you just naturally would sit there and you love to work in there with your mom and talk about the mm-hmm. house and it was just funny because they'd walk in here's this little girl in here and all of a sudden she'd just start rattling off all the uh, you know oh yeah and this is the sub-zero you know <laughs> fridge that they have and this is wolf and they, like, she knows all the stuff about and i was the house, briefed right? on this i didn't know this forever i was just briefed on this like a couple days before 
Like I didn't know really. But a you ton had about to drive to be there because the most kids would mm-hmm. want to be you know even you know and it was you know, fun. I I, I learned about sales. We, we, but like you said, she had you know she that Different wasn't interests. her gig, right? Wasn't her gig. That is and doing what you love, though. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. She's that got is her the success of it. and her own stuff, and it's like not not really my thing. A it's, lot of people they they don't figure this out for twenty years, right? Ten years. Mm-hmm. They go to college, they get a degree, and then they're like, eh, I don't really like doing that. Then they shift, then they pivot, and then they pivot again. And they're like, you know what I really want to do. That's why there's some degrees that are more common than others. So you were you were hitting on something. You just finished a bookkeeping class? Yeah, a certified bookkeeping class. Okay, so all did you do it online? Mm-hmm. So you, you said this, and it, it kind of triggered me. <laughs> the ability for people to be... I'm a big nerd on efficiency. If you want to see me turn into a four-year-old trucker, like my mouth goes straight south and my, like it, the fuse, you've you seen the movie Inside Out? Mm-mm. You need to see it. There's the <laughs> little, little angry guy is me. <laughs> like inefficiencies drive me absolutely crazy. With the ability to do all of the things that we can do education wise and certificate wise online now, the efficiency is at an all time high. If I want the knowledge, I just go really find no excuse. I yeah. just go find the class, the certification, the whatever it is, and I go get it done. The amount of resources we have and 100%. the amount of people that don't take advantage of them is absolutely insane. Because they lack the vision to see the result at the end of it. So Completely for you, agree. it's it's means to an end, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna put this tool in my toolbox because I know it's gonna it's gonna benefit me here, here, and here. It may not benefit If I want right to be a away. business owner, I'm going to need right. to know how to work QuickBooks. I'm going to need to know how to work my numbers. I'm going to need to know how to do all these things. So why wouldn't I do it while I have the time? Why do that, it 10 years down the road when I don't have the freaking time? If you could bottle that up in pill form and sell that, <laughs> yeah. you would be a bozillionaire. Dude, she, get, yeah. she, she gets it. And what's the beauty, too, is like it, going a little deeper into the, the bookkeeping side of this. So her dad owns a very successful trucking company. So here's the other great thing about her pivot, right? So she has, you know, two parents doing two different, totally separate businesses, totally different businesses. And she's involved in both. Right. So she's, she's got her hands in both, (laughs) both businesses and like, and in, and not just like, she's not running paperwork for somebody. She's not like taking out the, you know, the trash kind of stuff we're talking. She's taking bookkeeping classes and helping her dad with the books and things on a trucking company. She's got her, you know, what we haven't even got into yet, but you know, one of your next pivots, you know, we, you know, your mom and I talked about it. She started a drafting company with Ariel and who's another guest who's been on here before. Um, and you know, we're like, God, Wit would be great at this, like, because you know houses, you know all this, like, and you love it, you love design, you like, you know, you have that mind, like your mom, and we're like, ah, maybe she'd do it like part time or something, and it's like, <laughs> here she, I am, she dives in, and she's not you know, quite part time, not, nope, quite, not part-time. quite part time, yeah, nine to five working for you know my mom, and then five to eight working for my dad, eight to ten doing my schoolwork, right, every day, and it's just repeat. And the thing is, is like she does them all at a high level, right? And it's and it's because she's there's no half there's no half ass. Yeah, you don't do it half. But that if if you give your if you put out half ass work, people are gonna know that you're a half ass person in life. But you have to you have to recognize there's there's something special about that. And so I I I love this. This is one of my favorite stories of when I figured that out and it transitioned into a 23 year career in radio where I got super anal about stuff. I worked on, I, I got this wild hair to build a cedar chest. My dad's like, all right, let's figure it out and build it. So I build this cedar chest. I'm to the end of it. It's all made in, out of oak. And then it's got cedar on the inside of it. And I'm, I'm doing the finishing on it and all the trim stuff. And I was impatient. And I was just like, I want to get it done. I just want to be done. And my mm-hmm. dad stopped me. And he's like, all right, put everything down. We're in the, we're in my dad's backyard. And he says, put everything down and just take a time out for a second. And like, disengaged me from the project for a second and had one of those beautiful father-son talks. He's like, hey, if this is worth doing, it's worth doing right. Yes. Put the time in, do the work, and execute. And Learn. finish it. Yeah. Don't be impatient and just half-ass it. Mm-hmm. Finish it. And it was a really interesting... Well, I when was, you half-ass it, you have to go back and fix what you right. half-assed. Or, or you look at it, and every time you look at it, 
you see the oh, the man, thing I, that you I should have I should have hit that one more time with that mm-hmm. finer grit. And so I I did. I put the time into it and and but the funny thing is that transitioned into everything that I did professional wise after that and it goes back to that one moment where a mentor could be I mean it was my dad, but <laughs> it could be your parent, it could be a coach, it could be your teacher, it could be whoever pulling you aside and being, hey, it is worth it to do it this way, but now it's hardwired into the way that you do life. There's not an alternative, which is a unique thing because not everybody is like that. They're like, eh, good enough for government work. I just can't, I can't do that to myself knowing that I'm putting some half-assed thing out there and then someone being like, what if one person that doesn't know me sees that one half-assed thing that I did and that's all they know me for? That's all they see. I cannot fathom that in my brain. I, I, and I, but that's vision. Not everybody's just, got it. Right. But, it, but I think it can be taught in some ways. Like I think yeah, it, it can like be taught. Gavin, I'm working on tough. Gavin right now. Like, and I literally told him the other day, I said, we got to have, a, you know, we kind of had to talk about, it. I'm like, if you just get in the habit of, so he's pretty much got the whole upstairs himself now. Kenzie's moved out. He's got his own, basically apartment up there now. And I'm like, this is your bathroom, except for when Wit comes to town, she then she moves in upstairs with him. But <laughs> I'm like, your bathroom is gross. Like, mm-hmm. you can't do that, right? He's got a girlfriend. His girlfriend comes over. She uses the bathroom. You know, I'm like, dude, you, you got to get this. Get you know, if you just get in the habit of keeping a clean bathroom, and it, then I was like, if you just get in the habit of clean a clean bedroom, like clean it you, in a day. year, you're gonna be out of here, dude. You're gonna be living on your own and. So he's kind of getting in that habit. And what I was thankful for that he kind of figured out is he was up staying at a friend's cabin this weekend. And he came home and he's like, and it was kind of a boy's weekend. They went a bunch of the, you know, a bunch of buddies all got together and hung out in the, you know, one of their family cabins for the weekend and did dumb shit that high school boys do. Mm-hmm. And that uh, dad doesn't you, want to know about. You never yeah, did that. Uh, that I never did. No. Yeah. It was still too busy studying, you know, I was too busy studying, at the library. Getting those straight A's. Picking yeah. up trash at parks. Yeah. Doing, doing training, charity work, you know. Training dogs for blind people. But, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. But he, uh, he goes, dad, I don't know how these guys are going to make it when they move out. Like <laughs> they're slobs. None of them know how to cook. Like he just like goes through this whole thing. And I go, See, ding, 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 you ding, do ding. listen. You do know what you know. Like I've I've taught you a little bit here, uh, but it's it's literally like that. I said, you know, the thing is, is when you get to a point where it's ingrained as being a habit, to where you're starting to think of like you almost can't do it. Like you almost can't do it wrong, right? Like yes, because it freaks you out. Like you get annoyed with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, you know, like this bathroom's dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, like or this is yep, like. Because you've taught yourself that you expect something different, right? You expect to walk into your room and there not to be clothes on the floor, mm-hmm. or you and like dishes God. in the sink for right. Me. Oh, <laughs> I can't like, do like, it. What, what's the weirdest thing uh, that you're anal about? The dishes in the sink. That's and, not that weird. I, I, oh, not weird. Okay, so something weird. Yeah, something hmm. like dishes in the sink. Like for me, it's making my bed, hmm. which is super. The full disclosure, I was not a bed maker until recently, until I got divorced. And I, this is so embarrassing. I saw one of those vision casts mm-hmm. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, if there's one thing you do, make I your bed that. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I'm going to try and make my bed, damn it. <laughs> so I've seen I that made, exact talk. <laughs> that's what I mm-hmm. saw. And I started making my bed. And I'm like, weird. I love mm-hmm. making my bed. It's because it makes you feel accomplished it's in the morning. I love having yeah. a clean bedroom. Yeah. I didn't know. Weird. I didn't know I loved it until... A few years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I got to make the bed. So what's one of your weird ones? Not the dishes. That's not weird. Of course, it's about yeah. my dogs. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot not wash their bowls after they eat. Oh. And oh. also, I have to wash their water bowl. If like I can't just put fresh water in it. You I have to, wash to like, it, wash it then... desanitize it. Same thing with my cat. Like I don't just clean his litter box every day. I desanitize it every week. And he gets fresh litter every other day. <laughs> Wow. Like I, I'm very anal about it, but I think that's also because that's of my past. Ass cat. Well, I think it's because of my past at the veterinary this clinic. Cat, this cat just went from like <laughs> roaming around sixty acres uh-huh. to now this he has, he's has a rich the, cat. He's, Pinkies a, Pinkies up. he's a bougie ass cat in North Dakota. Everyone calls him the rich cat. Yeah, what's his name? His name is Alaska. 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 He's fancy. Fancy Alaska cat. Rich cat check. <laughs> I like that. That's impressive. So so here is I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of play a little bit of devil's advocate, 
because this is something that I have noticed. The busier life gets and you will shift priorities, mm-hmm. right? So you've only got so many wit units, right? You got a hundred mm-hmm. of them every day and you're going to burn them all up throughout the day. Mm-hmm. At what point do you sacrifice some of those things and are you okay with it? Of course. I mean, kids are eventually going to come into the picture and I realize, you know, I'm not going to have always have time to, you know, clean his litter bunks like three times a day every time he poops. <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to wash my dog's bowls every single day. Like right. it's going to become unrealistic at that point. And I'm okay with that because I know that my priorities have changed as they always do as you age. Like, you know, when I was 15, my priority, I'm sorry, wasn't to take care of Charlie all the time. What? My priority, what? I know, my priority was going swimming in our pool and hanging out with my friends and being the coolest kid I knew. <laughs> but that's how every kid is at that age. Yeah. And I realize that, but it, it always changes. Like in five years, I'm hopefully I'll have children and they'll be my priority. And my dogs will still be my priority. They will never not be my priority. Right. But they'll be a little less of a priority. But even the fact that you recognize that the landscape will shift and change, like you have, I'm going to call it a unique ability to recognize. So I, I talk about 50,000 feet down to, to the ground floor. You have the ability to do both. And I think that's a, that's a special thing, right? Some of it's taught, some of it's hardwired in. You're kind of the best of both worlds on that. You, you've got the vision to see the future, that I'm not sure what that noise was. I did not silence my phone. I apologize. <laughs> I just, That's my text message. Scared me. <laughs> I just peed a little bit. Uh, yeah. That was actually the girl boss right there. She was just, I just texted she's her a picture in. of Wit on oh, the nice. podcast and she nice. was. Was she making sure I'm taking care of her shoes? Uh, I did send her one that she can see the shoes. I didn't, I didn't mention <laughs> it. I'm going to let her familiar. figure it out. But um, it does say, she said, can't wait to hear it. So. Perfect. It's going to be one of the best podcasts ever. But that, that ability, so now I'm, I'm going to take a step back from that. When you're honing the craft of being you, what are the things that you want to get better at, that you recognize have dividends now and dividends on your five-year or 10-year plan? I'm not perfect. I don't always clean up after myself as soon as I make a mess. And that's something I really, really want to work on. It's something stupid, but it's something I'm really bad at. Like I put it off and I put it off and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I need to spend my entire day cleaning. And I love that. But I know that's not always going to be the smartest thing. I'm not always going to have time to spend my Sundays cleaning. And I, I and that's why I kind of do stuff for my parents all the time, because I realize they're much busier than me. And I know that it goes a lot like a little goes a long way when it comes to that. Even just doing their dishes or wiping their yeah, countertop on it. Yeah, it pays off. I'm trying to teach people that. It's very hard to engrave when you have so much going on. Like I'm trying to implement a routine, which has been really successful for me, but routines change all the time. Life changes all the time. I can't always have the same routine. And a lot of people hate change, but I personally love it. So honestly, disruption makes you sharper. Mm -hmm. If you can allow disruption into your life, it's going to force your brain to think. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like I I saw, (laughs) you know, the masterclass, like, ads that you see on oh, yeah. whatever social media, like the master class. And this guy says this really interesting line. He says, I don't, he goes, snap to guides. Bah, I don't want your software. I want your mind. I want your knowledge. Yeah. But it was a really interesting thing. Cause in that one snippet of, for what I do as a profession, snap to guides is lazy. It's effective, sufficient, but it doesn't sharpen your brain. Exactly. You don't really retain it. Right. So it's kind of an interesting thing. And I, and I have kind of applied that into, I don't want, I don't want your software. I want your brain. I want your brain power. Yep. I feel the same way, especially with my, my new career and drafting being around Ariel and seeing like, I I can watch chief architect videos all day long, but watching Ariel do it and watching her brain do it. I learn 10 times faster. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's just one example, you know, with even with my other jobs and seeing one of my other coworkers who's above me and she has more knowledge than me, just watching her do it. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Like the way you do it is way more efficient. I don't know why I've been doing it all this time, but I couldn't learn that in a software. Mm -mm. I wouldn't have. I would have been like, and that's stupid. I'm going to do it my way. (laughs) Well, and they give you ideal situations. I mean, we, you know, I've been stacking blocks and doing ICF construction for 22 years and had probably one of the shittiest jobs I've ever had this last week. Oh, I mean, this, it, yeah, you told me about this. It was just a mess. I mean, just things went wrong. <laughs> Dude, that was that was 
the sound effect. Can you tell day. me about it? I want to hear a lot. All about uh, this. Yeah, I could try to give you a reader's digest. But it, uh, basically, there was a lot of things where it was a perfect storm. It was a perfect mm-hmm. storm of fucking problems, is what it was. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing because it, it couldn't have been worse. Because mm. the fact is, I was training some guys. It was. Oh, that's how that goes. So, so I'm on a job <laughs> training a crew. I've got zero people on the job, including Heather, who was she was. It was her customers, but you know her people that were there. Anyways, I'm tra- doing a training for her people, but she had to go to McCall because it's parade time. Blah blah blah. She had blah, to leave blah, town, blah. Yeah. so she's leave. So I'm literally on the job with very capable people, but yet nobody that's ever done this before. So I don't give a fuck how capable you are if you've never done this. Mm-hmm. You don't know. What you're to do. really at a disadvantage, and I had one of the worst pours you know we're putting concrete in the wall we've stacked everything everything's prepared correctly these guys have done a great job they've really got it figured out they're going to be an amazing crew it's basically we just got to put mud in the wall at this point Mm -hmm. well the mud comes in wrong the pump guy was fucking horrible (laughs) like i mean everything that could i mean i I, it's hard to explain if you haven't done it but like i am like on the edge of my seat i pumped the mud came in wrong so so (laughs) what does that even mean what does the mud came in wrong mean So concrete sorry the concrete came in wrong. so we put concrete inside the walls it has to be a certain consistency if you can imagine to flow into a wall right if it's too stiff it sticks and it mm-hmm. doesn't flow, so you have what we call voids in the wall, and there's different problems, right? Gotcha. It just okay. sticks, and they it literally is, it has to be right, and it, none of them were right. And we're yeah. talking about, so we did six, so everyone knows what a concrete truck looks like, right? Yeah. Six full concrete trucks, Ooh. okay, is what we poured in these walls. And none of it was right. Oh, that's uh, it had too big a rock in it. It wasn't the right consistency. So then what we do is, I don't know if anybody's seen a boom pump, but a boom pump is, it has a big, long arm with it with a hose <laughs> on it. Actually, that was my prison name. It, <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. That would be the best prison name ever. The good thing is, is uh, even go deeper inside that world of a pump truck. <laughs> There's... There's actually a pump truck called a double knuckle pumper. So you'd probably be a double knuckle pumper because it's real weird My shaped. My prison. Oh, like, we're doing that. Whoo. That's good yeah, stuff. I'm going to have to get a new tattoo. That, that, <laughs> that might be the name of this episode. Oh Jody Sally, God. the pump truck, the double, <laughs> the double knuckle pumper. So Jesus, before we took that left turn. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> This, but it's all hydraulics, and the guys who run them run them basically like a video game. They have a, a console that sits on their lap, and they kind of you know around their neck, but they they sit and they steer it with two joysticks, and it's all hydraulic, all remote. You got to be pretty fucking good to do that. I mean, this shit's fifty feet in the air, and it's pumping thousands and thousands of pounds of concrete through it. Any little movement yanks it away from my hands and pulls it away from where I'm aiming. This mud that's coming, you know, the concrete that's coming down. So I spend the whole day fighting it. There's moments where I'm standing on my tiptoes trying to hold on to the hose because he's pulling it out of my head. It, it, it was a mess. It was a fucking nightmare. I mean, just the absolute worst Wrong of the guy worst. for the job. Yeah, it just was bad. The whole thing. I'm guessing his dishes are not done. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, my God. It was horrible. Anyways, bringing it back around to where I was getting at, it. it in hindsight, I mean, I, I didn't sleep real good that night i basically was trying to think of like all the things of why things went wrong we i mean we had a lot of things go wrong and it was like i needed to put my finger on why everything went wrong right like Mm -hmm. pretty much did i feel good now i know where that sound was coming from kind of deal like when you're a mechanic it's like i hear a sound in my motor don't know where it's coming from right when you find it you're like at least i know where it's at it's not fixed (laughs) but but my my what what I'm getting at is I think that there's sometimes in training, and this is why the difference between live training with somebody, a, a human versus a computer. Computer's giving you best case scenario, right? I right. can show you mm-hmm. a video of here's how perfectly stacked wall's going to go on a, on a job site that we've staged with a flat footing and perfect weather conditions and a great pump operator. No grade. And, and yeah, nothing going weird at all. Now here's what happens when shit goes sideways, right? <laughs> So these guys, as much as I hated that this was their first pump of a wall experience, they saw the worst right out the gate. It took me 22 years to see a job that fucked up. 
They just started their whole career with it. So in a way, it was kind of like, dude, okay. And I told those guys, I'm like, guys, one, don't get discouraged because this isn't how every job goes. I Here's all the reasons why it went wrong. We're going to fix that, and it won't happen again. But um, it they they know how, I mean, they're set for life because I really doubt that there's going to be too many jobs that are more fucked up than that job. But it, it gives you an ability to learn something in a way that it, sometimes the another thing is back from like, you know, you know, if you look at like MMA or boxing, you know, like back in those days, training with that stuff, you don't just learn how to punch a bag, mm-hmm. right? You they don't just, hit back you, usually. Right. So you can't ever train accurately in a situation where you're learning moves, especially like in MMA when they're teaching you jiu-jitsu. You don't, you, you, I can't just sit and, oh, here's how to do an arm bar. Well, what they don't, or what they do tell you, and what is the real world is, is the other person you're putting in an arm bar is not letting you put them yes. in an arm bar. Yeah. Gonna, so you have to train try and talk that. you out of it. Right. Yeah, they're going to disagree with your <laughs> arm bar at that point. I prefer you not. Put but me if in an you get bar. to a situation where all of a sudden you're you're trying to learn something that you're in the real world isn't going to be perfect. It's a pretty good idea to do it in an imperfect situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's how you learn. I mean, exactly. that's the best School of hard yeah. knocks. I mean, that's it. The very best the hard people times have teach yeah, you the most. Absolutely, hundred percent. And you're learning like you talk about like the different like drafting. Okay, so the drafting thing real easy just to take a plan and draft it. You're getting into now like when you have to deal with humans. Mm-hmm. Humans suck. They'll screw everything up, and they fuck everything up. Like mm-hmm. everybody, and it's like, oh, this job be great if I have to deal with customers. So you're getting now the interaction where you're like dealing with red lines and people talking like. Also, now you're having to have those meetings, and you're like, God damn it, this is why. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's real easy when you're just sitting home by yourself and yep. just looking on the, on the computer. <laughs> I have my dogs. Listening to my <laughs> so podcast. Great. Cup of coffee. Everything's great. Now I have to and have now you're meetings. Like, yeah. And so but it, life it, changes, is real. it changes how good you are at it because yep. you're adapting to, okay, and the next time you're doing that, you'll remember, oh, this time when these people said this, you know. So here's something that, that I have recognized about you that I think is if you could teach this, and this is <clears throat> something we've talked about a couple different times on the podcast is looking for the opportunities to learn looking for it. So like the guys that were on that job site, you have one of two approaches on that. You can be like, this is stupid. This sucks. Or you can be like, man, this is a great, a great learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. What did you learn out of that stuff? If you go into something where you're actively looking for the learn, actively looking for the positive, actively looking for that stuff, you're going to find it. It's better to have more skills than not have any. Yeah. Even if if it doesn't work out. Even if you don't proceed that for a full-time career, you now have something under your belt that you didn't know before, and maybe it'll help you in your next job. You can't just say, oh, this job is only going to help me with this. Like, no. My vet tech job taught me a lot of customer service, and obviously I learned a lot about animals, but the customer service part has helped me in all of my jobs, right. uh, every single one of them, and having to be sensitive because animals are a very sensitive topic, especially at the vet. So you have to learn how to be very sensitive and how to word things, and that's probably where I learned all of my customer service. It's a good place to learn. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're a vet tech, so there's some people deal with are, the hardest uh, parts. You're dealing with emotions. <laughs> yeah. Well, not shit. only the yeah. owner's emotions, your own emotions. People don't talk about that. Oh, yeah. How sad it is, you know, to you see these dogs from when they're puppies up until sometimes their last days. Mm. Like I, I know dogs that I trained as puppies, and then I see them as adults, and they're coming in for you know issues, and it, it really hurts you as well. Because you see how happy this family is with this this dog, for example. And they come back and the dog has this, the dog has that. And now I have to do a full workup on this dog that I adore and isn't feeling well. It's like, it's not only like you feel that way with your dog, but it's also now someone else's dog you're constantly worried about. I still think about dogs that I used to care for at the clinic. I still wonder how they're doing just because I loved them so much. Because dogs are better than people. Way better. So I could, I, that's the thing. I could never, I can't even watch TV shows. Like where they've got shows on like animal plant where you can watch can't like watch vet channel or mm-hmm. emergency ER. I'm like, I fuck that. I cannot watch. I could watch a human take one right to the face. I can't even At least watch catch. a dog. You watch that all the time. 
Yeah, I can I can deal with that. I can see humans get hurt. I can't deal with the fucking animals getting and hurt. And that, that's exactly why I chose that. Per- like, I went into being a vet tech before I full-on went to vet school. I needed to make sure that I could handle that, that I could handle the dogs at their worst and at their best. It'd be tough. It's very tough, and the, there's a. it's very sad, but a lot of vets do end up taking their own lives because of how sad the job can be and how much pressure they have on them to save this animal that they want to save so badly. Mm. But it's just like doctors. They don't always know what's wrong. Some things are still a mystery. Well, and you're losing them so much, you know, the average life expectancy of a dog. Yeah. Compared to a human, a, a human. So you think about vets, they're losing a and lot. Think about how patients. much research they do on humans versus the amount imagine? of research they do on dogs. It's it's our dogs and all animals. It's not even close to as much as we do on humans. So of course we know more about humans, but you got to get, you got to cut them some slack. They don't always know. It's right. like doctors don't come out of school and know every single thing about you. They also have to get their experience. Which here's uh, here's another good uh, analogy to that. Think about doctors needing to know from bad situations, right? Mm-hmm. A doctor needs to learn from. I mean, I I learned that at a very early age. You know, when we uh, when Kenzie was born, uh, her mom had a very serious medical issue with the. Uh, I mean, they basically she started bleeding out and hemorrhaging after post birth. And I mean, we went from basically, oh, we just had our first child and here she is, little girl, to all of a sudden there was blood everywhere and we were being rushed out of the room and literally I got rushed out and my, you know, uh, Kenzie's mom's friend from work was sitting there holding Kenzie and they just rushed us to the emergency room. And I didn't see my daughter for another three or four hours after that. I mean, like Angie doesn't remember even hardly seeing Kenzie from the time she was born because she just bled out and we was in the emergency room but like these doctors it was the first time in my life I realized that doctors were just humans <laughs> and 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 the, no different than my day on that poor these doctors were experiencing the same thing except for like, their what is going their on concrete uh-huh. truck was my, you know my ex-wife who was sitting there <laughs> bleeding out like they were they were spitballing ideas in the emergency room I mean because it was such a frantic deal that they, they left me in there like I should, yeah. probably shouldn't have been there but they're all just sitting around in a circle and they're like, I mean, they, they grab me, whisk me into the room with them. And then they're like sitting around and these three doctors are like, well, you know, one time when I was in uh, med school, I saw this, they did this. And this guy's like, oh, one time I was working in Portland and this happened. And yep. they were spitballing ideas with but a that's, human that's life. Drawing, right? But that's the best you get. Right. And you're just like, I thought you're a doctor. I thought like but you that get out is, of school and you the, just know shit. You know, right. That's the craft of no. being a doctor, though, is drawing on that vast pool of information that think about this. Go back 60 years where you didn't have that giant pool of information. It was the doc with his big black bag. I, You know, but it, yeah. And it made me I mean, it just so think about that. Like you want to talk about a profession that learns from their mis- or from their bad jobs. Every time there's a emergency or a different thing, a doctor or nurse or, you know, even paramedics and EMTs and stuff, they're learning from every time they have a bad experience. They're learning so that the next time that comes but that, up, they that goes to back to what it, I was right? talking about a little bit ago. They're looking for it. Yeah, they're actively they looking know for what's the learn happen and yep. they're right? going to learn from it. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're constantly looking for the learn and looking to get better, you're going to find it and you're going to get better and you're going to get better at your craft. Yeah. I mean, I, that didn't work or or it, or here's what I didn't like. it. But so I got a new piece of equipment for doing my uh, filming. It's called a gimbal. Neat thing, right? Stabilizes three motors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super neat. Why well, I had not used it until I brought it onto a shoot. And I used it and it was awesome, but you could tell the progression between the beginning of the shoot and the end of the shoot. <clears throat> so in the edit, I'm like, oh my God, why does it hold the guy still? Hold the camera still. <laughs> why are you t- why are you so tight on the shot? But it was it was fascinating to see the learning curve in God, 30 minutes of being able to use this piece of equipment. But again, you don't know that until you know it. You mm-hmm. don't recognize it until you are looking for the learn, right? That doesn't suit me the best that I want it to suit me until I figure it out. I can't figure it out until I pull it into the editor and look at it. 
You got to put in the effort. I have, yeah, I have to put in the effort, but if I'm not looking for it, if I'm not, if I don't have that super high bar to make sure that it's as good as I can make it. And I think there's an element of that that starts in your head, right? If you don't have the vision to see that in your head, it's hard to push it to that level. Some of that I think is just hardwired in. There's going to be times where you can teach people the craft of that and teach them how to do things at a, a very high level. So for me, it was picture framing. I did an internship with a dude that did picture framing. He also happened to be. I don't think I know this. I picture. Did I know this? I picture frame. So I can I can mat and frame and cut glass and do all that stuff. But I learned from a guy. I have a broken fucking picture at my cabin right now. I know. Now. I fucking know there's a giant bison that I need. I know. <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that. I could do that. Anyway, this guy. Shit. I just kind of stumbled into so he did a whole bunch of stuff for brown's gallery so he's like this kind no of relation. weird no weird <clears throat> i don't even know if he's still alive common name yeah <laughs> anyway rocky johnson's brother obviously uh, actually really super interesting for people to know who rocky johnson is. Right. super right <clears throat> anyway he was crazy anal about how he did and he did everything old school i which i didn't know until later i was like oh wow but in learning from him, he's the only guy I got to learn from. The bar was way, way up here. And there was, again, no alternative. Mm -hmm. And so when I went Back into your aunt. when I went mm -hmm. into doing stuff, so fast forward 25 years, I'm cutting a hole in a door for a dog door. <laughs> and I'm measuring it out. And my dad is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, measuring this out. And he's like, yeah, it's for a dog door. Why are you getting so anal on it? And I was like, ugh. I can't unwire the yep. anal measurement of doing picture framing where if it's off by a 16th of an inch, I can see it mm -hmm. and it drives me nuts. <clears throat> that's part of that. I, I part know. of that hard wiring. Right. And that's it. Yeah. There. And there's also a gift in being able to get that across to people. So I'll, I mean, super honest about myself, not real good at getting that across. Like in my head, I can see it sometimes. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm, I'm dealing with it right now. And like, uh, so, you know, new, uh, I'll make the announcement on here that, uh, oh. previous podcast, uh, podcast, podcast, Jesus, how many, of those <laughs> I don't know. that's, it's a podcast, big, it's a big mug, it is a big mug, a <clears throat> whiskey in there, uh, podcast guest. It is hard to say. It is. There's a lot of previous podcast guest and super fan Buzz Luttrell, <laughs> Buzzy. Buzzy chief Luttrell. He is now an employee of Innovative Building Products, Innovative Custom Homes. Welcome, Boss to the, Inc. welcome to the full. So he's now uh, on with us full time. But I'm teaching him how to read blueprints, right? Was he on this pour? Was that? Was he on the pour? Yeah. That went he, sideways? Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. Was, did he have a few choice words? Be like, what yeah. the? Yeah. Nah, it's like, yeah, run for the hills. Um, <laughs> we, but he, I'm trying to teach him how to read blueprints. He's a retired military uh, master sergeant. Chief. Chief master sergeant. And Very he good. literally, he knows operations mm -hmm. and logistics and all this shit. But he he doesn't know blueprints. Like, he hasn't. He hasn't needed to know them, right? It's like handing him a saxophone. So for me to sit here. here play and, this. Right. I'm sitting here trying to get across how I know something because I've done it for so long. I'm just like, dude, just fucking. Bah, 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 and it's right mm -hmm. here. He's like, I don't even know where to look. I'm like, right here. And he's like, how do you know that? I'm like, because I guess I've been looking at him for mm -hmm. 30 years. So I just know that it's there, right? So it's amazing. Like, it, learning the skill of being able to get that across to somebody, too, is the other thing. Is like. Okay, so I know this, but and I've learned it from all these bad experiences and different things and bad blueprints. How person? do I teach it? And I try to do it like with you guys with the the um, drafting company. I've seen I've seen I mean more blueprints than I mean your mom's seen a lot of blueprints, but I've seen more blueprints than your mom. Like I've seen so many blueprints, and I know what are bad. <laughs> I've seen so many blueprints <laughs> more than your mom. Oh my god. <laughs> Nobody's seen as many blueprints as I've seen. Do you know how many blueprints I've seen? I'm a big deal. <laughs> I literally know from all those blueprints what I fucking hate to see on blueprints. And that's what I push with you guys. I'm like, put this fucking measurement on. Like, And I preach that to them. It's why. Why? <laughs> but that, You're in the computer. The you could put that. 
It's the why because it translates because you're looking for the learn because you know how it translates down the road. Oh, my God. Anyways, where are we at time-wise on this one? I have no idea. Check. Push the button. You push the button. 54 minutes. 54. Ooh, right in there. Right in the sweet spot. Because I'm 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 thinking my transition out of here just to, because I've got some things I want Whitney to talk about. And that's, what do you, so you've, You've got all this shit that you've pivoted and pivoted and pivoted, right? What do you see? What's your, how do you, how do, in your eyes, how do you look at things? Because you've pivoted so much in your life. Like, I mean, I know you should, you're looking at enough to see like, oh, I want to have some, you know, my kids, I want to do some of this stuff, right? Do you, what are you looking at right now, business-wise? Like, what do you see I would love in Whitney's future? If we listen to this Five years from now. A little prognosticating. Mm-hmm. It's we my little back. time capsule yeah, right here. Yeah, a little time capsule. You go ahead five years like, oh, I fucking nailed it. Or you're like, wow, I was way the fuck That's off. That's not how you say it. Nailed it. Nailed it. That's how you say yeah. it. Like that. I would love to have some rental properties or Airbnbs of some sort. And then, of course, I, I want to have my trucking company at that point. I want that to be fully sufficient, not relying on the other company, you know, for insurance and for all the boring stuff that no one wants to hear about, but mainly the rental properties. I think that that is like, whether I have to remodel them, I want something, I always want something to do with housing, whether I become a builder, whether I remodel houses, whether I just have rental properties, I just find that real estate makes me very happy. If I get my, my real estate license, I would be happy, but I'm just really excited because I know that the trucking company will become something. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not sure on the real estate thing because real estate can flip and you know, Right. Just like that. Like, don't want to bring up all the markets right now, but, you know, everything is flipped so much. But trucking is always consistent. You know, trucking always is always there. Yep. I mean, think about the panoramic, okay? We need a toilet paper. We did a haul, a load of toilet paper. We <laughs> delivered your guys' toilet paper. So. Wow. You saved, saved a you lot. You did. You saved, you saved You America. saved our asses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't but know. I just really want real estate, and I want, I want that reliability you know that's income and like i said trucking will always be a thing but i think it's good to have multiple things going on mm-hmm. all the time it's diversification <laughs> and you can always learn from it there's different things you can learn from both of those whether it's the new styles because everything is constantly changing with both like who knows if i'll still have my 2001 379 peterbilt in five years who kn- i don't know Maybe they'll ban them because they take too much exhaust. But that's just whatever. figuring out, and and you're again. It goes back to the. You learn. hear a lot of twenty-two year olds talking about. No, the, you don't the, ever. What did you just say? That something. The Three, two thousand one three seventy nine Peterbilts. Yeah. Three seventy nine. How many niner? Because <laughs> maybe the exhaust is. I mean, how many well, twenty-two year olds hear that? Right? They put out too much, you know, emissions and blah blah. blah but we're technically exempt because um, two thousand one and older is exempt. I only know For that because now. I've listened to my dad. I've learned all those things from him. <laughs> I think that there's always something to learn from someone. That's why that, I genuinely want to learn from them. That is understanding the construct of the game. If you understand the construct of the game, you can figure out the efficiencies around things and figure out if that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Now, for a 2001, you might end up with some maintenance costs that are too expensive, that it makes more sense to do something newer. But you, But again... You I disagree go, when it comes to Peterbilt. You go well because <laughs> the Peterbilt will last forever. They all have over a million miles, and yes, they do have maintenance things that go but, around. But so do all the new ones. That's it, right? But mm-hmm. that's going in with your head up and looking for the solve on it. And that's what I really love about my dad. My dad does all of the research about these things before he makes a final decision. That's something I admire about him. I always have. Even when he was doing remodeling, he would look so far into these houses, be like, okay, this is how much this is going to be. This is what it's going to be. Like, well, this is all that we need to do for this house. And how fast can we get this done? How fast can we flip this? Right. And he would make, you know, whatever amount of money in 30 days because he could finish it in 30 days. Did the same freaking thing with trucks. But I would buy a truck, have his mechanics fix it up, sell it for 30 grand when he bought it for 14. Just quick money. And I think that's where I got the idea for a lot of things that I do up in North Dakota when it comes to refur- uh, refinishing furniture and mm-hmm. Doing the OCP pants stuff, like I have she so many. Jumps on, like she. I I love business, like small little business things that I can make a quick buck off of. I don't know Dude, why it's my freaking, favorite what, thing. What's the the mugs and the plate stuff that you? Oh, Ray Dunn. Ray Dunn. So my mom started me on Ray Dunn back in like 2015 or 2016, like right when it was brand spanking new. 
And a lot of these girls go crazy for it, okay? Like, they will pay top dollar for this stuff. And I'm sorry if you collect Ray Dunn and you've bought from me. Um, it wasn't me. Don't look for me. <laughs> because I would buy a mug for, like, $6. And that same mug would sell for $50, $60, $70, sometimes depending on how rare the mug is. What? I had her first set of, like, canisters. And they say, like, coffee, tea, flour. But I had the original set of them that came out in, like, 2017 or whatever. I sold them for $200 and I bought them all for under Why? 50 bucks. I'm sorry. Time out. Why are they worth so much? They're money? collectible. So there, there's only so many of them made and you, you can did, only you get ate, them at certain you actually stores. ate dinner on one of the plates tonight. Yes. Oh, I did. Yeah. That, but unfortunately she's upped it. production. So now they're not worth as much. So only the older pieces are worth a lot. So I go to Goodwill oh, all the time and yeah. I look for them. A little supply and demand. Like you would literally everywhere you went, every time you went to a new town, you go to yep, the TJ, TJ Maxx. Max. <laughs> And yeah, but load I'd look up for them. shit, and then like she'd find the one. I'd pay she, for our entire trip, and she knows those. But here's the key, though: there you is, have yeah. the knowledge, right? <laughs> yep. So you know when you see a Ray Dunn gravy boat mm -hmm. that that's a rare one, right? I'd see it and like, oh, it's a gravy boat. And like it I'd, says, gravy. I'd buy the, big whoop. I'd I'd buy the fucking plates because I'm like, oh, those look cool. Mm -hmm. But the plates are not valuable. But the fucking you know or whatever, like the mm -hmm. there's all that like you the knowledge, the internal knowledge of that like thing. Looking for yep. the learn, and, baby. You know, just like and you, you know you look at like what you learn from your dad. Your dad has a specific knowledge about 2001 earlier Peterbilts because mm -hmm. you know he knows that that chassis he can take that and that will run forever. He knows how to modify it. You guys mm -hmm. trick them out. You guys have some amazing looking truck, like show trucks. Like they have some bitching ass trucks, but like, do you find that thing? Right. And it's real estate. It's like with your mom, if she knows exactly where this is the area of town, this type of house, this size, this, this style, you know, the right. style, like it, I can't, I, there's, there's the whole, like I said, Jack of all trades, master of none. I I'm guilty of it in a lot of ways, to be honest. I am. And I wish I was better at it because I think there's so much to be said for you learning something like the Ray Dunn stuff. But like you, and, but it's, and you it's find part of the diversification. Stuff. But it's when Ray Dunn facet. ran out, you switch to something else. You right. start buying up stuff and then flipping it that you buy on. Like especially because you get on base and you guys have the kind of inner base. We have something thing, called right? curb alert where people just put stuff on the curb and it's free. And it doesn't matter what you do with it, whether you, you know, flip it. You can't sell like you can't grab it off the curb and then resell it. You have to like do something to it. So I got a table one day, completely free, but I just got there first before any of the other She's people like could get fireman. there. She's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Because she get slides the down car the pole. running. She takes off. <laughs> but I got a free table and I basically just, you know, sanded it, painted it, and I got 150 bucks for it. So that's 150 bucks for, you know, two hours of my time. But you love, you love the process of it mm -hmm, i do you love the ability to find something put and some fix it put some grease into it and make it beautiful again yeah give it to a new home but that that isn't that's an artisan thing that it, honestly it's not woven into everybody i've realized that because I, I have a it friend really, that she always wants me to help her do her diys yeah. because she doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to do it and i motivate her to do it i love doing that stuff i've got 15 projects in my garage <laughs> i cannot start I a new i cannot start new projects unless they're finished i'm not wired that way i I'm am like, wired that way because of my mother <laughs> right that's part of it that's a big part of it definitely i my, my mom wasn't hard on me, but she was like, she never had to be like, I just knew that she was always like in the back of my head. Telling watching you. Exactly. Like she never had to say, Hey, I'm watching she you. Just gave you the I mom just, look. I just knew she was watching me. You don't have to spank him when you just give him that look of disappointment. Mm -hmm. That's 10 that's, times worse oh, than the spank. The worst. <laughs> the worst. That's like grandpa. I should have you come over to my garage. Yeah, you can finish a whole Buster project for him. <laughs> I've got a Traeger I need to refinish. I bought a bed I'm refinishing. I did a lot of sanding the other day. Sanding's my least favorite part. Uh, yeah. I got a bunch of sanders, though. It's not a Peterbilt, but <laughs> Well, that's exactly how we wanted this to go, to be honest. This is exactly why I wanted you on here. I knew 100% this is... Because, I mean, there's just people that need to hear it. Like, there really is people that need to hear it. I, you know, and I, I think the cool thing is, and I, I'm going to give a shout-out right now to one of our... Favorite listeners I ran into, I was actually up in Coeur d'Alene, ran into Celeste. She lives in Spokane, Washington. Oh, hi, she, Celeste. She <laughs> uh, loves the podcast, and she listens to all my, like, amazed because I ran into her at a, a trade show up there, and she had to come up and 
tell me like, oh my god, I was, like, <laughs> this, I just drove back from Montana and I that listened to awesome. you guys for like six hours. You're like, you know, we are sorry. She's going, <laughs> she's going deep, and I yeah, I did. I apologize because she's like going. Do we need like, to send her a letter? Oh like a god, yeah, we maybe a, pay for counseling a or maybe a bar tab. <laughs> maybe an Amazon gift card owe, or something. Yeah. I owe maybe her we'll drinks. Her um, gravy boat. Who knows. I'll see her in like a month at the uh, state conferences in McCall, and I'm hoping that maybe I'll, I owe her some drinks or something. I'll buy her some drinks. But um, anyways, I know she's listening, so thank you, thank you for listening, and, and thanks for coming up and talking to me about it. It was great just to hear her talk about going back down the line a ways, you know, of, of how you know she's listening to our old podcast. I'm like, do we sound shittier on the <laughs> old ones? Because I feel like we do. But um, no, it just it's it's exactly what I think people want to hear. They want to hear different perspectives and it's great to hear from our listeners and talk about what they want to hear. And, and one of the you know biggest things that people talk about is like, Hey, younger people are picking up on these things. Like we're getting a younger crowd of listeners, I think in the podcast world than we do in most, most areas. So really great to have you on talking for that age group. And obviously I'm a little biased, but I think you're amazing and you've always have been. And so I think you're okay. Yeah. But Jody, I'll take it. But Jody's really particular. Until you come over to my house and check out my garage. <laughs> then you might be upgraded to so, amazing. You have uh you've done a great job. Now the only problem we're gonna have is if we get our listeners all fired up and they start wanting you on here more instead of your mom. Uh-oh. And then <gasps> she doesn't oh, live here. She's man. technically I'm here not. once a month for yeah. a week. Every month. So it might be a recurring, she'll be a recurring guest for us. I don't know. We'll have to she's, out, she's our monthly anyway. visitor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep the podcast going. And with that. And with that. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Uh, Havoc Partners. At Havoc Partners on the, uh, on the Instagram. Hit us up. DM us anything you can do that uh, you guys are looking for. Let us know. We if you have any you. topics you want, want yeah. us to hit on. Give if us you a know shout. somebody we should interview. Right. If you want to be interviewed, yeah, put in your application. Yeah, it's a strict screening process. <laughs> it involves a lot of whiskey. How much do you drink? Or yeah. wine. <laughs> Thank you guys. Have a good night.